yeah. You know they be asking about common where he at. What that man doing now? I'm doing what I do. Hip hop. That's what I do. Yeah. How can I say this? Fuck it, I'm the greatest. I am the A-list for all these great debaters. A lot of y'all not now forgot now who I am. The 87 nigga used to ride right in the jam. Yeah, what's going on, people? It's episode 30 of Echoes from the Void. And I'm bringing you the episode a, a, a day early because, partly because, you know, it's a little Christmas treat. Well, the main reason is I'm looking to get completely wasted so I can just forget about this bullshit festive whatever you want to call it so i'm going into an alcohol coma so figured yeah let me get this shit out today so i don't have to uh, you know put my mind back together as quickly tomorrow but um yeah there's not a lot of news out well i say there's there's news but see this is the thing i go through and I'll look for shit that I, I've, you know what I mean, it seems interesting. I have something to comment on. Otherwise, fuck it. So, yeah, the, you know, there's not as much out. One thing I did see was, um, so Netflix often, like everyone else, you know, you beat a, 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 a new kind of um, feature, on a few people's uh, screens and shit. And so they're doing that right now. With an instant replay button. So so the thing is. The feature um, delivers a button prompt. To viewers at the bottom of their screen. To replay what they've, um, what they've just watched. At the end of a scene. So it it can be like um, the end of a scene. It can be like something that's deemed as a memorable moment. You know what I mean? So I guess if you're thinking about it, like in Lion King, with um, Simba being held up by uh, Musafa, I think uh, maybe I don't know. Fuck it, but that would be a memorable moment or. Andrew Lincoln with the fucking creepy stalkery um, signs to Kira Knightley in Love Actually memorable moment. You get my drift, people. So yeah, they're, they're testing this out at the moment, but you know, as normally happens. You you get a few bitch-ass fucking idiots moaning about it. I'm like, look, there's a lot of times you can opt out of these tests as well. So, you know what I mean? Just opt out. Just opt out. If you're not enjoying it, if you don't want it, opt out, you fucking idiots, man. So, um... Yeah, but you but you've got people moaning about it, uh, going, um, some, uh, what's the one fucking idiot said? Uh, 
um, watching Dumpling, which is a fairly meh movie, but throughout the movie is pop-up link to watch this scene again. Why does Netflix insist on devaluing film even more than it does with its washed down color grading and poorly executed original plot pops so you know what I mean yeah you can see a lot of this is just people that just want to moan look if you don't like watching films on Netflix don't watch films no one's forcing you to do this shit you know what I mean you're not being forced into this stuff. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And also, if you're not a fan of Netflix, go to Amazon Prime. Go to Hulu. Go to Rocco. Go to one of these other fucking systems. But some people just... Look, this is the world we live in now, man. People want to moan about anything. And that's, um, yeah, that's what you find. You know, if, if there's something that they can get on Twitter and, and start bitching about, that's what they'll do. But you have these people, like, acting like fools, moaning. But who knows? You know, this is this is still the beta phase of it. So maybe Instant Replay is going to become a feature on everyone's screens. Could be. Yeah, I have to say, there are moments. There are definitely points in in some things where I think I, I need to read, like especially when there's been a subtitle or there's something written on a wall or, or something. You'd be like, yeah, I wish I could just replay that moment. But you know, you have to cl- you have to clunkily kind of rewind it. So yeah, I would be down for this feature for sure. So um, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens next year. So in um another bit of interesting news that but I caught um I caught this on a a Fred's in, um Facebook feed so uh thanks Mark um Gladys West uh she's a, one of the hidden figures has been inducted into the Air Force Hall of Fame. Um, so, Dr. Gladys West, a mathematician and one of the so-called hidden figures who was lesser known for her contributions to inventing GPS, has been inducted into the Air Force Space and Missile Pioneers Hall of Fame. A ceremony has been held in West's honor at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. Um, earlier in December. Um, yeah, the induction is one of the Air Force's Space Command's highest honors. So West worked among a small group of women on computing for the U.S. military in the 1950s and 1960s just before the era when the military began to usher in a wave of electronic systems according to a news release from the air force space command 
Public Affairs Office. The group was later depicted in the movie Hidden Figures. West began working at the U.S. Naval Weapons Laboratory as a she did maths in the 1956 where she also participated in an award-winning study that proved the regulatory of Pluto's motion relative to Newton in the early 1960s according to the release that's where West also programmed an IBM 7030 stretch computer that delivered refined calculations for an extremely accurate geodetic earth model a geoid optimized for what would eventually become known across the world as global positioning system gps orbit the release also states i mean that is pretty impressive you gotta say um yeah, so that well deserves a little Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, so yeah, awesome, incredible. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news. So I went to the cinema um yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, and man, there's so many bad adverts. So many bad adverts But Ones that jumped out Were car adverts So I saw one advert Where a, a, a car gets delivered At the docks Where for some reason An orchestra is playing And just the sight of this car Is throwing the orchestra off So that was one and then there was another ad where all of these butterflies, these weird looking non-colour butterflies start cropping up and flying all over the shop. And everyone's like, oh, oh, look at the butterfly. Oh, look at it flying weapon wings. Then suddenly all of these butterflies coalesce suddenly become blue and then become transformers and turn into a car i'm just like what the fuck is going on man i was like like seriously people is that enough to grab you to make you think whoa i need to go buy myself a car now you know what I mean? Like, I, it makes no sense to me. I know, like, partly I have no interest in cars. I'm never going to drive. So, you know, 
obviously that's probably one part of it but like you know what I mean? if i'm thinking of buying something i want to know you know like does it do this does it like what's its performance like what's its durability you know that's the kind of shit i'm looking for is it compatible with blah blah and blah you know what i mean i'm not like if i put this by an orchestra are they gonna lose their shit and stop playing is that gonna happen because that's what i want from my uh from my computer you know what i mean it needs to it, it needs to stop music that's what i'm looking for you know it's just like just the whole concept makes no sense firstly right the car is dropped off at a dock which yeah cars you know get transported like that we've seen the wire we know this shit but it's like no one's driving the car so that would just be like weird and then the car drives by an orchestra all slow stops and then drives off and the orchestra's just like what the fuck like look at the car look at the car oh it's shiny like that's not gonna happen and like this is middle of the night the orchestra's probably freezing their ass on a fucking dock so why the fuck would they even be there that's just weird and then also like if i was seeing these weird butterflies Usually someone would be like, yo, let's call David Attenborough or something, because this is weird. Then, the butterflies, so they're all clear. Then they become blue and transform into a car? That's weird. It's weird, and it's also not what people want from their car do you go to the dealer and say um okay so yo you know what i mean i've I've got a kid now so i need something what you know i can get all that kid shit in to it you know so yeah it probably needs a boot and you know more than two doors uh oh so you've got something like that also wait hold on hold on hold on was it made by like millions of butterflies coming together because that's what i really want yo get me you know what i mean that, that, that that's what i really need in my no 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 i don't need the airbags fuck the airbag i mean it's a kid who, who gives a fuck i'll make another one i don't need the airbags i just need something that was created by millions of butterflies coming together can you do that for me yeah awesome i will take that model motherfucker never happened well i've never heard of it like none of my friends have gone yo just went to buy a car and someone was asking for what i'm getting made by butterflies no no yo, that, 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 i mean that's never happened like maybe that's happened to you not to me so I'm just like, 
what the fuck are these adverts doing, man? What, like, because you know they're costing bank. So why are why are these firms wasted? Is it a tax write-off? What the fuck is it? It's just weird. It's just really fucking weird. And because it's in the cinema, you get the fucking long versions of these motherfuckers. So I'm sure when they air on TV, they're a lot shorter. But yeah, in a cinema, long version, colour me irritated as a motherfucker. I I, I know, you didn't realise, right? You didn't realise. But yeah, car firms fix up in 2019. Stop being a bunch of assholes. Oh, I, I probably should add, though, if a car firm has got any marketing comms positions going, I was joking, I love what you're doing, and let's talk, right? Okay, cool. Right, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a shorter episode, business Christmas, and, you know, yay, I got my voice back, but I think I'm getting a fucking cold, so, look... The alcohol is cooling, so let's just get to the reviews, right? Cool. So, just coming off the back of watching the chilling tales of Sabrina, it was, um, you know, really good that they've um, they were doing a Christmas episode. So, I've um, checked it out. You know, the the breakdown of the episode is. Um, the Church of Night, like all covens, celebrates the winter solace, the longest night of the year, when families gather together around the Yule fire to sing pagan carols, tell ghost stories, and huddle against the supernatural creatures that come out to cause mischief. Since the winter solace is when the veil between this world and the next is at its thinnest, it's the perfect time to conduct a seance, which Sabrina convenes to try and contact her mother. But the holidays are also a time for guests and visitors, both welcome and unwelcome, and you never know what might come down the chimney. Right, obviously, this was never going to be your typical, uh, like, Christmas story. Because it's Sabrina, and she's a witch, man. A teenage witch. But, it's still, you know, I think it still kind of gives you that feel of, like, the first season. Like... The episode isn't, like, it's a bit more basic than some of the episodes that we've had, you know? Like, uh, a lot of those have been really kind of, um, I think, layered. Now, this one still has a bit of that in it. Um, But, like, some of the things are definitely... um, signposted like at the very beginning you know Hilda says something and kind of emphasizes it and then we get a shot of it and it's a bit like okay so we know something's gonna happen with that but 
I think some of the things that you think are going to be obvious aren't quite what you might have imagined, which is, you know, which is good. Um, you know, like Sabrina does the seance, um, and you don't get from that what you think you might. You know, it did like this is the thing. Everything is a little off skew. Everything is um just different to what you think. Like well, there's a thing with Susie, and you know, like the, again at the very beginning, there's a reference to um like the situation like this is the perfect time for kids to get snatched and so so you know you're you're looking at a situation go yeah no it definitely is uh okay yeah so obviously um this will probably happen and blah 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 blah. but it doesn't go like that so um you know, which which is good. So, like everything is a little bit off, but it's kind of. So, but the I say the situation is a bit more telegraphed than what you find in the normal Sabrina episodes, and I think that could well be because you know essentially. We've got, I don't know, three stories happening in this episode. So it's three stories in the hour episode. And and usually you kind of just have the one story, you know, with all the different layers and complexities in the episode, which then are all building towards, you know, the finale and everything like that. But yeah, this the, like this episode is cramming a lot more in. So as I said, look, it's not as you know, it's not as complex, but it's still enjoyable. You know, we we have a lot of the you know Sabrina, Harvey, Hilda, Ambrose. You know, they're all in it. Um. <clears throat> But then, um, you know, we have uh, a, a few different characters. Like, we get to see Su- um, Sabrina and Susie as younger kids. Um, we see, uh, 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 f- yeah, a few other characters. There's a few other characters which are interesting. Um Father Christmas, <laughs> uh, Grayla, which is kind of a, a bogey woman-ish kind of character. So there's a few other, you know, characters added into this. But I would say, all in all, look, if you if you were a fan of the the main series, this is a fun episode. It's enjoyable. It is still within the tone. Of the main series. So yeah. I'd say it's well worth to watch. You won't regret it. 
uh, yeah, and it's a, it's a better than most Christmas bullshit that you'll find on TV. So yeah, check it out. So after watching and loving the um, Steve McQueen adaptation of Widows, with with and you know the the script by McQueen and Gillian Flynn was yeah so good and compelling and it just kept you engaged and and thinking all the way through because you did not see the twists coming so that you know i mean the film loved the film so i thought you know what let me check out um the original book because I don't remember watching the series back in the day. I do remember watching um, England and Laplante had a, that Civis series, uh, which I which I really did like. But I don't remember watching Widows. So you know, I figured, hey, let me read the book. So um, yeah, trust the Audible. Um, yeah, they have it, and um, this is what the book says Harry Rawlings had masterminding had been let me start that shit again Harry Rawlings had been masterminding robberies for 20 years the hijack of a security van would bring the gang thousands but the job went wrong and Harry and his team were killed. Harry's widow, Dolly, had three options. She could hand over Harry's ledgers to the police, she could hand them over to a bunch of thugs, or she could take the business over. I think it is probably no surprise to anyone this story I'm assuming a whole heap of people went to see the film because you know you see how popular the film is it's still in the top 10 so yeah I don't think um any spoilers will be uh in this but you know I'll try not to um drop everything just in case but I think straight away you you kind of notice like you see the story now like the story is there but like the film so the the framework that McQueen used is essentially what you have in the book but yeah straight away you notice like similar like differences sorry there's a lot of differences and you want like it you, you're definitely left wondering because so the widows that she meets up with they they just don't sell you that they could do a job like at all and and at no point throughout the book even when the job is getting done you don't believe that they could do it. And, and I mean, it's different. Like, in the film, yeah, you know what I mean? The girls had doubts. There, there was a few conflicts with um, Viola Davis. 
but th- there wasn't any like any weird shit you know there there wasn't any um like spiteful bullshit going on and that's the thing in the book there's a lot of this little uh, spiteful jabbing and trying to undermine and you know up until the actual job so i think like you i don't the only person um that you think could do it is uh bella like she's the only person that you think okay yeah she can do it but then she like she turns out to be a bit of a moron as well because when the job's actually done like you just see the way they're just spending money uh, which is just a bit like it makes no sense because you're drawing so much attention to yourself you know, it'd be so easy to track. Yeah, you know, like find out. Oh, who's been spending all the money? Okay, right. We think we know where they've gone. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. So there's the, these weird things in the book that yeah have you thinking. Wait, what? And then, like the big twist in the film, it is set up. At the very beginning of the book, as a a, a a kind of play to distract people, but it doesn't really like it doesn't make sense, you know, because like there's no there's no way of kind of confirming it. So it's just like that's been now put out there but then having it come true at the end it's a bit like well yeah you you kind of made it obvious that this was gonna happen so it's kind of ruined it whereas in the film you're like wait what you know there's a there's a bit when when viola goes to the flat and you're a bit like Hmm, something is a bit, hmm, could? No, surely not. And then when you're just like, at the end, you're like, fuck, that happened. But yeah, in the book, it kind of, they, it, it spoils the, the whole reveal, which is, it, it just seems, just seemed a bit an odd choice. So yeah, that that's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, the book is always better than the film, and you know, you you see a lot of changes that have been made, and you're just left wondering, like, why did they do that? That's just be- like I remember when they um they adapted uh the um. Ugh, the Philip Pullman books, I, and they made the first film with Nicole Kidman and um, Clive Owen and all those other peoples, 
and some a lot of the changes in the film you're just like wait what the fuck have you done like now how are you gonna do the second film because you've just fucked up a, few, a lot of key things and so I'm just scratching my head after seeing that. And yeah, I wasn't surprised that it didn't get a second film or anything. But with Widows, like the changes that are made just make more sense. And they make the story more compelling. They make the story more in like engrossing as a whole. It fits together a lot better, you know, um, and it, it navigates the whole thing, you know, putting in the reveals and the big moments, it fits so much better, but, like, in the book, you, there's, too, you see too many flaws, you know, you see too many, too many situations that leave you, kind of just doubting everything, you know, there was a bit like when they were training and they just had one day of training and then it was just like, oh, but you know, we're not fit and then you just figured, okay, so run on the street, like go to the gym, do exercise, you've got clear, you've got a bit of time leading up where you could all be doing these things to help but that wasn't the case, and you're just like, wait, but why, you know, like, surely you'd be doing more, but that wasn't there, so, yeah, I'm like, it was, yeah, the book had its moments, but it just seemed to fall a bit flat, to be honest, and it definitely feels a book of its time, definitely feels like a book of its time yeah I don't know if I'd feel any different if I had read this before seeing the film who knows but yeah it kind of is what it is like if you in I guess you know if you enjoy like the Linda LaPlante type of books I guess this would kind of be along the Daniel Steele kind of stuff as well. If if that's your kind of fair, then yeah, this will definitely be up your street. Um, if you're a huge fan of the film, you, I don't know, I don't know. You might not want to uh, read this, but um, you know. After hearing, like the differences and things like that, it yeah, it you'll be able to make your decision, won't you? Okay, so yeah, this is um, Widows, book one in the Dolly Rawlings series. There's three books, um, by Linda Laplante and uh, narrated by Anne Mitchell. So um. After reading Slow Horses, I was definitely intrigued. So, uh, my next book this week, I picked up um, Nick Heron's uh, Dead Lions, which is book two in the Slow Horse series. Uh, it's narrated by Sean 
Barrett, Barrett, who does do a really good job at, um, you know, giving you a feel of their their, their, their characters. Uh, So, this is what um, this book is about. London's Slough House is where the washed up mi5 spies go to while away what's left of their failed career to while away what's left of their failed careers the slow horses as they're called have all disgraced themselves in some way to get relegated here maybe they messed up and up badly and can't be trusted anymore maybe they got in the way of an ambitious colleague and had the rug yanked out from under them maybe they just got too dependent on the bottle not unusual in this line of work one thing they all have in common though is they all want to be back in the action and most of them would do anything to get there even if it means having to collaborate with one another now the slow horses have a chance at redemption an old cold war era spy is found dead on a bus outside oxford far from his usual haunts the despicable irrational jackson lamb is convinced dicky bow was murdered as the agents dig into their fallen comrades circumstances they uncover a shadowy tangle of ancient cold war secrets that seem to lead back to a man named alexander popov who is either a soviet soviet boogeyman or the most dangerous man in the world how many more people have to die to keep those secrets buried um so yeah it it sounds intriguing. When you start the book, I I was a bit like, what is going on? Like, huh? This it starts off with an imaginary cat, and you're just like, wait, but, huh? Like, why? What relevance does this have? I, 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 this makes no sense to me. But then the, the 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 story, like it starts to unfold, and I think that it's exactly like the, you know the first book. It's a very slow burn, but then it you know, it starts to really heat up. It's like a long distance race, really. You know where, you know they, they they have to do like thirty track lengths of the track, and so the first, you know, few you're just like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But then when you know you're, it's close to the end. Things everyone's jockeying for places, trying to get in front, and it, it really starts heating up. And you're just like, oh shit, who's gonna? Oh, what's happening here? And I, I would say that that is exactly how this book goes. Like, yeah, the beginning, you you're kind of bemused. 
Yeah, because you have these two kind of plots going on. Um, and you're just a bit like, where are both of these going? Uh, and especially the second one, you're a bit like, this makes no sense. And like, why would these people do that? You know, you know, it's just like you understand that they really want to get back into, uh, you know, the um, the MI5 proper. But it's a bit like you have no information. You're trusting someone who has been found to be a serious liar. So, yeah, how how are you trusting him to do this but you know things definitely start to change I'd probably say halfway through the book yeah you you, you see a, a serious shift and, and the story starts to ramp up and you're suddenly in like suddenly you've realized that you're really compelled with what is taking place and you're intrigued to know like how is this gonna turn out like what's happening here you know you're like oh have the bit like you know what i mean are 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 the people onto something like is this really a boogeyman like ah, and then River is off, and it's like, all right. So, how is his mission gonna come together? Seeing the fact that Jackson hasn't told him everything, and you're just like, okay, um, you know, how are they gonna wrap this up? What what's actually gonna happen? And um, yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're sold. You're, you're sold on, you know, these characters. You're sold on like the story threads, and we've got a couple of new additions, as you know, to uh, Slough House, and they, yeah, they kind of work. Like one character, I feel, gets a, a. push at the beginning but then kind of you know disappears like she's still there to you know all the way through but it's like the other character I think he probably shines more in this book and resonates you know towards the end but um yeah, I'm. Look, I, I, I'm. I was sold. You know, definitely enjoyed where this story went, and now, like you know, with the way it ended, it's like, oh shit! So, how does this play forward? What's gonna happen now with um, you know, web and river uh, uh you know louisa yeah, like, yeah what what's gonna happen 
You know, like <coughs> with the fallout of Ming and, and a lot of the other stuff, you're just like, huh? How does this play into the next book? So yeah, I'm definitely gonna read the next book. But uh, you know, I'd say look, if if you're fan of the spy kind of caper. If you're a Leclerc fan, if you're um, you're down with like Max Dawson, you know his books, the John Milton series. You know, if, if these kind of things are your cup of tea, then yeah, you you would enjoy uh, Nick Heron's Dead Lions. You would definitely enjoy it. So yeah, I'd say check it out, um, and I will definitely be going for um, you know the next book, Real Tigers. So yeah, it carries on with um, the uh, the animal theme. You know, you have slow horses, dead lions, and now real tigers. So yeah, how does that? title fit into the book who knows but you'll find out um yeah you'll find out when i do a damn review won't you people and that will be uh i'd imagine that'll be soonish in the next few weeks all right so yeah hope this has helped you um decide on your next read okay so we have got to that time again. We're trying to close of an upper episode, a shorter episode, a Christmas episode of Echoes from the Void. So we're just going to hit you with some entertainment news and then we're out. Okay, so Mike Kelly, who people probably will recognize from revenge has a new tv series called what if um and yeah so um it's exploring the impact of acceptable people committing despicable acts uh, that's the whole concept of um this series and it's it's um just filling out its cast at the moment. So Daniela Pineda, um, she's scored a regular role with Tyler Ross, Marissa Kuvasa, Nana Gana, Monique Kim, Derek Smith, Keith Powers, Samantha Ware, Johanna. Castano and Samir Usmani um, have also uh, got regular roles in this 10 episode social thriller anthology series. Um, the first season revolves around a mysterious woman played by Renny Zellweger and her lucrative but dubious offer to a cash-strapped newlywed couple played by Jane Levy and Blake Jenner. Um, 
Yeah. So the so they're saying each season is going to tackle a different morality tale inspired by cultural relevant events. Uh, Melissa Loy, Alex Gartner, Charles Roven, Robert Zumekis, and Jack Rapok are all executive producers on the show. So it, it, it definitely sounds a bit like um, there's an old film with um, Nicole Kidman called The Box. So, uh, yeah, I think um, that it kind of sounds like a similar kind of dilemma based thing like that. Uh, so Sabrina has been renewed for two more seasons, which is pretty good news. Um, so, yeah, uh, like, you know, I don't know. It's weird about this whole part one and part two situation. But, um, yeah, you know, it looks like they, they've done it again. So they've ordered 16 more episodes of Sabrina. And they're going to air it at eight episodes each. I think it's weird. It's, it's weird. So, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's essentially... Essentially, you know, we've had season one. And we're going to get season two. So, this will be season three and four. Rather than season one, part one and part two. Blah, 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 blah. It's just weird. It's just weird. But, you know, um, the second part of season one or season two will be airing on the 5th of April. So we have that to look forward to. Um, and it looks like the... I don't know. The, the, the next one will be in 2019. And then, you know, 2020. So, yeah. that it, You know, it all kind of makes sense. It all fits what's currently going on on um so next up um what's it chio hodre coca who people will better know as the showrunner of luke cage has signed a um an overall deal with amazon so it's to produce and develop new TV projects uh, through his Fighting 99th Entertainment Company. Uh, and Amazon will uh, yeah, distribute the content globally to more than 200 countries. Which is, yeah, is, is, is pretty, um, pretty big. Like, Coca also penned notorious creed 2 straight out of compton so that's pretty um yeah that, that, that you know he's done a lot and he's worked on tv shows southland almost human and ray donovan so no word on what shows are gonna come but yeah we're right some more big content is coming to Amazon. Um, 
All right, so uh, now I'm waiting to know when this is actually going to happen. But so Netflix have picked up Joe Hill's acclaimed comic book series Lock and Key. Um, like the the deal was floating around for ages. It was one bit it's going to be a film. Um, I think another service had it, but then Netflix finally picked it up. So it's um, like this: the, the story revolves around three three kids who, after the gruesome murder of their dad, moved to their ancestral home in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Whatever. Only to find the house has magical keys that give them a vast array of powers and abilities. Little do they know, a devious demon also wants the keys and will stop at nothing to attain them. Uh, so, um, Amelia Jones and Connor Jessup have now been cast um, as Kinsey and Tyler Loke. So, uh, all right, that, I mean, that's good. Because that, you know, it needs the kids. So we've got these two. Um, so, yeah, but no word on when this show will actually hit. Carlton Coos and Meredith Averill um, are the showrunners, and Aaron L.A. Coletti will be a producer. So, yeah, there is that. And finally, um, like word came out a while back that Nick Nolte was going to be in the new Star Wars TV series. The, Mandal the Mandalorian. Well, word has come of um, the role in which uh, in which he is going to be uh, going to be playing. So Nolte is reportedly only providing the voice and facial movements for the for. Um, Oh gosh, for um, yeah, uh, uh, an organaut. Yeah, um, so supposedly they're short and part animal. Um, yeah, a race, and they served at technicians in Cloud City during the Empire Strikes Back. So, uh, yeah, odd. So, um, I think the costume's going to be worn by a, a small woman on set. But, yeah, Nolte is going to um, be uh, voicing and facial reckoning the role. So, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, this could be interesting. You know, but who knows? Who really knows? But it will be out 
soon on Disney Plus. Um, so yeah, and, it, and it's a gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. And it's taking place between the time of Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So, boy, that's it. That's the, um, yeah, that's the news this week. Enjoy your Christmas dinner. Enjoy your day. Do what you do. Have fun and I'll see you next week. All right. Peace.